do pray one for one for another. It's important that we keep each other in prayer. Uh, I have some things in my heart that I'd like to see accomplished in the next few days that uh, I just would like for you to just agree in prayer. If you're going to say, Lord, bless Pastor with what he has on his heart. Everybody said? Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness and giving. I'm going to pray blessing upon you that are at home and uh, your business and your finances that uh, you don't have to go through the shortages that people are telling us we may have to go through. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are the Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides for our every need. And Lord, as our, our people have been faithful to give the tithe, and Lord, you have blessed them with the job. You've blessed them with the ability to save money and to pay bills. And Lord, I just pray blessing upon our families today. Lord, I pray blessings upon all of those employers that are out there, Lord, that this business would thrive. And for our people, when they need to buy certain items, it will be on the shelf for them. And Lord, I'm grateful that you care for us and that you love us. And may your blessing, Lord, be upon those who are faithful in their giving. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for, for your faithfulness in giving and praying for the church. We desperately need your prayers along with our missionaries around the world. They face some very difficult trials right now with the COVID. Some are locked down in their countries. And it, it, as you can imagine, they're, they're, it's a real challenge for them. So thank you for praying for our missionaries around the world. Well, an individual wanted to go to the pet store. And he wanted to buy a dozen beads. Now, I know some of you say, that is crazy. Well, if you like honey, you know, beads are nice to have. So he goes into the pet store. He says, I'd like to have a dozen beads. The pet store said, well, that's fine. He said, uh, come on back to the cage. He said, I'll, I'll uh, put them in this plastic jar for you with the lid holes in it so they can breathe. And, and you'll be able to take them home with you. So that's great. So when he was counting the bees and dropping them in there with his utensil, he put 13 in there. And the guy said, I'm not paying for 13. I'm only buying 12. And he said, well, that's fine. He said, you got to understand. That last bee I put in there, that's a free bee. <laughs> Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. Say with me, Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Wow. 
Zacchaeus, a wealthy chief tax collector. Now, what makes him a chief tax collector? Well, he had subordinates under him. Other people collecting taxes. He collected taxes. Now, if it was just taking the taxes, it wouldn't be a problem. But they were greedy people. They would always ask for a little bit more and put it in their own pocket. And so he was a wicked tax collector. He was a wicked person. Short in stature, but tall in wickedness. And so he was very wealthy. And he had all this commotion going on. Jesus was coming down the street. And, and the fanfare and people were pressing in, trying to get healed, trying to get close to Jesus. And, and Zacchaeus was short. He didn't know what was going on for sure. He didn't know who it was. And, and so he ran down the street found a tree. Now, if you're a Missourian, you know a sycamore tree is extremely tall. And there's, I don't think there's a tree on the face of the earth that has larger leaves than a sycamore tree. The leaves are as big as your hand, and uh, the trees grow really, really tall. And the bottom branches are, a lot of times, 25 feet off the ground. So, doesn't say Zacchaeus pole vaulted to the first branch. So this is a different type of sycamore tree than what we're used to. It's more of a fig tree. And it has branches that, that are, it's boxy trees, short, and it, it's kind of like Zacchaeus, short, Zacchaeus. It was, you know, and so the, leaf, the branches came out and curled up, and so it wasn't major difficult for him to hop up, get on the first branch, climb up there, so he could see over the heads of everyone else there. And it's, you've got to understand that the people despised him. The people hated him. He was a social outcast. He was a religious outcast. He was a sinner of sinners. And people didn't like him because he represented the Roman government. And the Roman government was overpowering the Jews. And they, nobody, nobody liked Rome. Nobody liked what was going on. And here Zacchaeus was getting the brunt of it, but he... Rightfully so. He caused some people some pain by uh, basically legally or illegally stealing from them, however you want to say it, when he stole money. And so people were not pleased with what was going on. And so here's Jesus. See, he's a chief tax collector, so everybody knows who Zacchaeus is. He's well known because he's gone to their house year after year after year collecting taxes. And Jesus even knows him. And I know that he could know him by the power of God. But it just kind of marvels at me. It doesn't say that God revealed to the son that Zacchaeus. But Jesus just spoke out, Zacchaeus, come on down. And the words immediately in the NIV and other translations, it was an order from Jesus. You come down now. It's not, would you like to come down and would you like for me to come to your house? Zacchaeus, come down now. I'm coming to your house today. A sinner. And of course the Pharisees, they're really upset. Because, you know, if anybody should be, if he should be in anybody's house, it should be our house because we are, we are the most righteous people on the street here. Jesus picks out a social outcast, a spiritual outcast, and says, I want to go to your house for dinner. 
And it's important that we see the statue here. You see, see what's what how it is, is set. So he came down and, and welcomed him gladly. But Zacchaeus stood. When people stood up, it was a sign to listen. When people would stand up, it was a sign to listen. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. He had stole so much tax money from people, he couldn't remember who he owed. <laughs> so he thought, okay, we'll just take the big sum and we'll just give it to the poor to help offset what I stole from people. And to the poor. And I will cheat. And, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. When you borrow from God, some people don't realize this, but you can borrow your tithe from God. But he asks for a 20% commission. I don't recommend it because when you are totally paid up in your tithes, you're ready for blessings from God Almighty. But whenever you would find a wrong done in the Old Testament, you would have to pay back your wrong plus 20%. And, and here, here he's not giving back 20%. He said, I'll pay back four times. You come and you present your case to me that whatever I've taken, I will pay back four times. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man to to too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. You see, repentance and restitution. Coming into the presence of Jesus. When you come into the presence of Jesus, things change. And Zacchaeus was a sinner until he, Jesus came into his home and there was something that transpired in the presence of Jesus. Jesus is God Almighty in the flesh. And so Zacchaeus is overpowered by the presence of Jesus to the point of the spirit of repentance comes across his heart. And how do you know he repented? Because of restitution. You see... Salvation is supposed to be an about face. We're serving God. We're in sin. We come to Jesus. He forgives us of our sin. And it, we have a change of heart. No longer do we continue to sin. No longer do we continue to strive to be evil. We strive to do what is right. And that's what the beauty of this is, is that there is repentance and there's restitution. Zacchaeus was, was, was an evil person in the sense that he was stealing from good, hard-working people. And when he got in the presence of Jesus, you can understand the presence of Jesus is holiness. The presence of Jesus is power. The presence of Jesus takes your life and puts it on the big screen. You see your sin and you understand, I'm undone, I'm without, I need a relationship with my Heavenly Father. And all of this plays out just in a few moments. And Zacchaeus stands and makes a declaration. Half of what I own, I'm giving to the poor because it wasn't mine to begin with. 
And if, if you can tell me where I've shorted you, I'll pay you back four times. He's wanting to make restitution. And that's so important that we don't just say, God, forgive me my sins, but we do our best to help people and to bring restitution to our situation. Why did Jesus come to this earth? For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus going down the street. Now, get this right now. Jesus is really marching to Calvary. He's marching to his crucifixion. He knows he don't have a whole lot of time left. But what's he doing? He's not just taking the disciples apart and just totally saying, okay, I've only got a few more days here left on this earth. I'm just going to pour into your life. I'm going to pour into your life. Because he had been poured into life for three and a half years, and they still didn't comprehend what was about to take place because it was hidden from them until it happened. And so Jesus is saying, I've come to, to seek and to save. What's it mean to seek and to save? Jesus walking down the street. How many people in that street were undone? How many of them were sinners? Jesus knew in his heart to pick the biggest dog in the fight. And at that point, he looked around, he saw Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus was the biggest sinner around. People hated him. He was no good. And he said, you know what? I could turn this whole thing around by just touching his life. And how many people will he touch because he's well known? How many people will be affected by what he has to say? I'm coming here to seek and to save that which was lost. To seek and to save that which was lost. He's still looking. Jesus is still seeking out people to come to the salvation experience. We are the hands. We are the feet of Jesus. We are the ones who bring the question to people, have you accepted Jesus as your personal Savior? Have you asked Jesus to come into your heart? You see, the presence of Jesus changes everything. And Zacchaeus' life was messed up. Zacchaeus' life was messed up. And Jesus comes to seek and to save. And he's still in that business today. And as he's marching to Calvary, he still sees Zacchaeus up here. He says, Zacchaeus, come on down. You and I have got to have a little talk. But I really don't think Jesus did a whole lot of talking. I think it was his presence. The power of God. Remember throughout the Bible, different times when the power of God shows up, people fell under the anointing of God. They couldn't stand. And it doesn't say here that, that Zacchaeus you know, got knocked to the ground. But I know this, that Jesus' anointing is pretty powerful. Take a thief to say, here's half my income. I give it back to the poor. That's a powerful move. That's the power of Jesus. Going on to verse 11. While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. 
The people thought the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. This is time of, of, of Passover. Things were getting ready for that. And they thought, okay, as soon as Jesus gets to Jerusalem, we're going to run the Roman government out. Jesus is going to be king. And these disciples, we're going to be his cabinet members. And, and a couple of us are going to sit at his right hand and his left hand. We're going to be the closest to him. And we're going to be in this thing. It's going to be a political whirlwind. It's going to be an awesome takeover of the Roman government. We're going to kick them out of our land. We're going to have our own government. And after all, it's it's really a good government because, because you know, the health care is awesome. You just talk to Jesus and you're healed. <laughs> no more hospitalization. No more premiums to pay for hospitals. I mean, it was great. You know, no more, no more going to the restaurant and paying for food because Jesus is going to provide. I mean, after all, we fed five thousand, four thousand. I mean, you know, this is this could be a great government. See, they were excited about the kingdom of God was going to appear at once, but Jesus knew it was on their mind. He said, "A man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king." and then to return. So he called 10 of his servants and gave them 10 minuses, but this money to, to work. Put his money to work, and he said, until I come back. Put my money to work until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king. He was made king, however, and returned home. Then he sent for the servants of them who had given the money in order to find out what they had gained with it. The first one came and said, Sir, your minus has earned ten more. Well done, good servant, his master replied, because you have been trustworthy in a very small matter. Take charge of ten cities. The second came and said, Sir, your minus has earned five more. His master answered, You take charge of five cities. Then another servant came and said, Sir, here is your minus. I have kept it laid aside in a piece of cloth. I was afraid of you because you are a hard man. You take out what you did not put in, and you reap what you did not sow. His master replied, I will judge you by your own words, your wicked servant. You knew, did you, that I am a hard man and taking out what I did not put in and reaping what I did not sow? But then I didn't you put my money on deposit so that when I came back, I could have collected it with interest? Then he said to those standing by, take his minus away. From him and give it to the one who has ten minuses. Sir, they said, he already has ten. He replied, I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. But those enemies of mine will not want me to be king over them. Bring them here and kill them in front of me. The harshness of time. The harshness of time. Jesus is telling them a parable. And it is a parable that talks about working and waiting. We are to occupy until Jesus comes back. The, the servants 
were uh, involved in doing the work that was put they, them in charge of. Jesus shows a full delay of their view. He, he says, guys, you don't understand. The kingdom of God is not going to be. It's going to be like this parable. It's going to be delayed. And in that delayed time, I'm going to be gone. It, it's your time to shine. It's your time to do whatever I've called you to do and to be whatever I've called you to be. And they, they weren't fully comprehending what was going on. The minus is, uh, was, was a sum of money that they were to invest. And we recognize the fact that great authority was given to them. The two servants uh, were given the finances and they produced a harvest. They produced abundance. Some ten, some five, but the other one, he's just holding on. What's wrong with the other one? The third one's got a bad attitude. You're just an evil, evil person. You know, in, in reality, if you think this through, if you know your boss is evil, you would think you'd work harder to bless him so he wouldn't be evil on you. But that's not the case. And so it, it behooves us to realize that the time of Jesus coming is close. And how do we handle that? How do we process that? We must get busy with the gifts, the talents, and the resources that God has given us at this point in our life. We work and we wait for the coming of the Lord. We don't just say, well, Jesus is coming back. I can just run my credit card up and let the Antichrist take care of it. That's not what God wants. Because he might delay just to, just to put you through misery. <laughs> we're to work and we're to wait. How do we respond to the day we're living in? Because that's where we're at. We're in this in-between time. Jesus has come. Jesus has been crucified. And he says, I'm coming back for a church that'll spot a wrinkle. How are we to live? How are we to work through this? In Ephesians chapter 5, it says, uh, verse 8, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful, then, how you live. How do we live? Be careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Old <coughs> translations would say, redeeming the time. Take the time that you have and make the most of it. Take the time that you have and redeem it. Because the days are evil. Are the days evil? Come on. Are the days that we're living in this world evil? When parents take books to the, to the school board meeting and begin to read what's in the public library, 
The school board president says, you must stop reading that. That's not appropriate to read. And she said, if it's not appropriate for adult ears to hear this, then why do we have it in our library? Wickedness is happening at every corner in our nation. Every avenue of the world, there's wickedness. We are living in a wicked time because the days are evil. So when we read these scriptures, we begin to realize that darkness is evident, but the light of the gospel still shines. The light of the gospel still shines, and God still delivers. And so what are we to do when the days are evil? Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Well, what is the Lord's will? The Lord's will is... Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. That's the Spirit of God. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always give thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. We live for God. We're waiting for the return of Christ. But in the process of waiting for the return of Christ, we must also work as if darkness is never going to go away. We must always, always continue to work and to be involved in doing what God wants us to do. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. Jesus is coming back. You say, well, how do you know that? Well, the Bible says so. Well, they've been looking for him for 2,000 years. Yeah, just think how much closer it is today than, than it was 2,000 years ago. We're to live with the anticipation of his return. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daylight, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissensions and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify. Do not think about, do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. We have to win out over the sinful nature. The sinful nature will take us down the dark road of evil. And we must live for God all the days of our life. And we must realize that it's a working principle that we're working towards serving God. We're working at reading the Word. We're working at praying. We're working at attending church. We're working at keeping gospel music in our hearts. We're working at giving God praise no matter what goes on in our life to just give Him praise and to invoke his presence in every situation. Just press on, press on, press on, press on, because Jesus is coming back. And he's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle, washed the blood of Christ. You and I are the church. You and I are the ones who have seen the light. And we need to get, share this light with others. And one of the greatest things you can do right now is be kind. Just simply be kind. When you're inconvenienced, when you're interrupted, when something's not going well out there in the public, don't go off on an employee that has no control of what's going on. Just be kind. And smile and be kind. And smile and be kind. 
Yeah, but Pastor, they're making me late for money. Who cares? We get so intense over stuff that really doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that Jesus is coming back. And he's looking for a church out spot wrinkle. And people need your kindness in order for them to find Jesus. When they look at you and say, I don't, I can't believe you've been so patient. How do you do that? It's not me. It's the grace of God that helps me. Give God the praise. Give God the glory. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. And Lord, we must recognize the fact that you want us to work while we wait. We, we practice double duty throughout this whole message, Lord. There's that concept of working and waiting. There's that concept of seeking and saving. There's that concept of repentance and restitution. Lord, double duty. We don't just do one thing at a time. We're constantly doing double tasks all the time. And so, God, I pray that you would just help us to realize that Jesus loves us, cares for us, and wants us to have that personal relationship, but also wants us to share kindness to other people that they might find Jesus. Lord, give us souls this week. Give us an opportunity to lead somebody to Jesus. And Lord, give us the courage. Give us the strength. Give us the anointing to say, let me help you find Jesus. I found him and he's the greatest thing ever happened to me. Lord Jesus, give us souls for your kingdom. Give us the opportunity to lead somebody to Jesus this week. And may we be the example you call us to be, Lord. When Zacchaeus got in the presence of Jesus, his life totally changed. Lord, help us to get in your presence on a daily basis. Not just Sunday morning worship time, but a daily basis. Read the word, praying every day. Lord, you guiding our footsteps. You being the one who helps us in every situation. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done and what you're going to do. Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, it's good having you view us from home and trust that you're having a great day. We're going to go ahead and have communion here at the church. And uh, you can have communion at your house. And you say, well, I don't have grape juice. I don't have this. Skip all that worry. <clears throat> Separate something that's special. Dedicate it unto the Lord. And, and share time of repentance before God. And, and recognizing who Jesus is. He is the Savior of the world. He's your, he's your Savior. He's the Savior of the world, but He's your Savior. And I want you just to reflect upon sins forgiven and the power of the Holy Spirit that God has granted you. God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord.